0: welcome to the hack the straight talking smart tech podcast where we discuss the ever-changing world we live in today it's time to start thinking differently so tune in and buckle up for some home truths as hull and east yorkshire's very own digital tech experts talk transformation and change focusing on people process and technology
1: so we're back we're back paul we're back
2: um, and today, I'd just like to welcome Jason to the podcast. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. A bit of intro on Jason. Um, Jason is um, the owner of um, Human24, which we're going to go on more about during the podcast. Um, he's also ex-CEO of um, PhD Nutrition and much more, which um, the viewers will get to find out as we move along in the show. Welcome, Joe, again.
3: Hi everybody,
1: welcome, Jason. And Thank welcome you, to you.
2: nice
3: you? to
1: meet you. And you too. Yeah, good, to be, good to be on. And um, I think I was just mentioning to Jason quickly before we jumped on air, but um, I've got a bit of a mission of getting Joe to meet interesting um, people from our, you know, great, great region of um, Yorkshire. And um, I'm sure Jason will definitely live up to that. Um, so I think we should just, you know, before we get going on, Jason, um, do you want to just give us a quick sort of, you know. 30 second sort of intro about you because there's so much we didn't know where to start we've got page and page and page
4: yeah sure so I uh I guess I I guess I'm known for my background in sports nutrition so I founded uh PhD nutrition with uh, with a whole guy actually uh, called Mark Bowering in 2005 2006 right at the time when sports nutrition was you know quite uh in a fledgling fledgling era really um uh, you know so we we founded that together, you know, really we, we were kind of consumers and users of sports nutrition. So we saw a gap in the market. We were, you know, so passionate about doing things, I guess, that, you know, one brought something new to the area, but to, you know, changed our own lives really. Uh, and, uh, you know, drove that for, you know, drove that for, you know, close to a decade really before we, you know, before we, we sold it, uh, I stayed on as, you know, as, as a, as a minority shareholder and a CEO while he kind of exited the business and went on to do his own thing. Uh, Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really me, you know, sports nutrition. And then, and then moving on now to, uh, you know, to what is human 24, which is a little bit different and is more, you know, sort of holistic performance and kind of changing the performance narrative from just being around gym and exercise to being also around movement and exercise, but, you know, a more kind of, you know, mental clarity and, an everyday performance uh, you know around sort of morning afternoon and evening and how do we how do we string all that together you know to create a really you know a really successful human you know both mentally and physically really through you know through supplements nutrition learning education you know reading uh and awareness really so it's it's quite different
1: and, and that's why I thought I'm um, Joe just just listening to that I can just see your eyes lighting up um you know definitely on your street is that it in terms of you know people you like to meet and speak and and for me Jason, you know, look, look at your background. Um, I, I remember um, PhD exploding in Hull. Um, you know, a Hull lad. Um, I, I used to play you know, um, amateur rugby, and I remember having. Yeah. I, I was a, an absolute sucker for. It, I think it was called Battery. Was that was that one of the products? Battery. Yeah, yeah, um,
4: yeah. Was that a carbohydrate and electrolyte drink?
1: That, that yeah. used to get me through many of a, many of a rugby game. Um, <laughs> you know, um, so, so yeah, I, I, the brand just just exploded. Um, but a, a big thing, you know. We've got a couple of questions we want to go into, but you know, those guys here on this show are really passionate around you know mental health and and physical health, and some of that sort of struck me when I was you know doing my research deep into you guys. Um, was you know you, you was a bodybuilder yourself, you know, at a very good level. You know, and and looking at the back of that, it was about the steroid free um, you know environment, and I always remember these the strawberry um, protein powder that you guys did was just incredible. Um, you know, in terms of the flavour and and Looking at that, I think back back when you guys you know came out, it was completely different to the marketplace. So just want to just talk a little bit about that. And what drove you there? Yeah, so
4: so when we started, everything was you know quite kind of Americanized, if you like, in sports nutrition, and and there was a lot of uh, disingenuousness, if that's a word, around the category where you know everything was you, you know the labels and the product and the marketing were quite cartoony in that uh, and quite quite he- heavily claim driven. Uh, and the narrative was, was all around, you know, use this product and, and you look like Mr. Universe within four to six weeks. Well, we kind of knew that was, you know, was not, was not the way it was really about, you know, it was all, uh, you know, we knew it was all a lifestyle and it was an integration of a number of different things into your life that, that allows you to progress physically. It's not just about taking this supplement. You, you know, we were very much along the lines of, you know, we're just that extra five to 10% really, but that you know that falls onto the end of your lifestyle, which is about good nutrition, you know, good habits, which 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 is something I've, you know, I kinda of had throughout my throughout my life, you know, you know, good habits around, you know, sort of time and performance. You know, but also we put a lot of effort into taste as well, because taste was shocking back in, you know, you know, back in those days. Everything was, you know, was kind of, you know, shook up and and mixed and then you necked it while holding your nose trying to, you know, so trying to forget about the taste. Whereas we, you know, as we knew that, that, that market was, was going to, sl- was going to slowly go into a more normalized mass market area. So we recognised that taste was really important, you know, so, you know, so those two things really, you know, credible marketing, not, you know, you know, not talking BS around what a product can do for you and being really open and transparent about what it will do for you, but only if you follow, you know, you know, good habits in the rest of your life, good nutrition, you know, you live a good life, you know, you're not, you're not excessively drinking, you're eating good foods, you know, you're, uh, you're looking after your body and, you know, all these things come together to, you know, to help, help kind of create that journey rather than just, just this magic product trailer. We're trying to eliminate the magic pill.
1: Yeah, and and I think what I, what always strike me and, and and we were talking off with Paul just just the cleanness of the brand, um, and that's something that you're, you know you're, you're very passionate about right? with brand. And I was looking up at you know the the new um, Human Twenty Four brand again, looking very clean. Um, and I think where I'm going to start heading with this because we have got Jason on, we want to learn about what makes Jason tick, don't we? We think because um, there's so much you know information out there about him. So I think we should just jump straight into. I think, with a couple of questions and we'll just see where we go from there. So shall we hit in with the first one?
3: Well, we should, but actually I just want to carry on talking about go this on. all day because it's so interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I will go with the first one, Jason. So what are one to three books that you um, have greatly changed or influenced your life?
4: Uh, so three books. So the first one I'd say uh, is the first one is uh, Jordan Peterson, 12, 12 Rules for Life. Uh, so I think John Peterson for me came at a came at a good time in my life in that I probably sold the business probably in my mid 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 to late thirties I sold the business and I you know and I guess you kind of look for I guess you get to a certain age and you start look, looking for meaning and you start looking for purpose I guess and all that and all that's and all that's quite challenging when you're younger because you don't especially when you're building a business you don't stop and think you're just driving driving. You know, towards a certain goal, really. So, I think, I think, I think that book signified to me that you know the, the difference between. I guess that I guess that, and he also came at the time when you know this kind of toxic masculinity term came around, and and I always found that was quite divisive, and it was a little bit, again, a little bit disingenuous because you know I always thought there was a there's a big difference between, a, you know. A, a, a masculine, masculine drive for ambition, responsibility, and purpose uh, versus a, a drive for power and dominance, and, and, and I think they're two massive different things. I think you've got, I think you've got a strong man that, that 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 seeks ambition and responsibility, and you've got a weak man that seeks power and dominance. And I think, I think they're two different things. And I think, so I think, re, I think he really helps me kind of understand that. That narrative around the toxic masculinity discussion at the time. So I think that was a, I think that was a massive book for me. Get, number two is probably uh, a book called The Happiness Hypothesis by uh, Jonathan Haidt. No, he's, he's, some... a so, he's a he's an American social American social uh, scientist, I think. But he's he's written some amazing books. Uh, but this one, this one again, really stuck in my mind because. And again, it's probably back to happiness and meaning. Really, there's a lot. There's a lot now around seeking balance in life, and in a number of different ways. Uh, and you kind of, it seems like you're punished if you, if you strive passionately to build a business and build a career, because you're somehow not also devoting time to the other important things, you know, like family and friends, you know, and kind of social and emotional growth. And I think that's always been a, a challenge for a lot of really ambitious people you know men and women is are you are you getting sucked into that that you know that continuous drive towards ambition and career and therefore you're not spending enough time doing the meaningful things but what he explained in that book was or what he explained to me is what is that happiness doesn't lie Within or without, it it, it kind of lies in between, and it's 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 in that sweet spot between passionately striving for something in your life, and in terms of career, you know, so striving to build a business or striving to excel in your career, but also recognizing that you've that you've got you know limited time left on this planet, so you've got to you've got to nurture emotional relationships as well, you know, with family and friends, and and that true happiness it probably lies right in the middle um, you know, right in the middle. And, and, and that's, and that's, and that's again is, you know, is whether you, it's whether you do seek happiness, which we'll probably move on to later, because I think that's also, that's also a big challenge in people's, in people's lives and uh, expectations really, but that's probably my second, third. Do you, think you got that th-
3: balance, Jason, is that somewhere that you feel that you've got to now in your life that you've got that kind of happiness balance?
4: I think, yeah, probably so I'm in my, I'm, I'm in my mid forties now. So, so I think it's taken me a long time. I mean, I started PhD when I was 28. I didn't have the balance at the start, but you know what I think, I think it's all right to not have, it's all right to not have that balance when you're, you know, I I was 28, you know, no kids, um, you know, long-term relationship was, you know, with, with my now wife, you know, we've been together 20, 20 years, um, So I think at the start, no, I didn't have that balance, but I think that was fine because my obligations were different to what they are now. But I think, yeah, I think I've, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm getting that balance. Uh, You know, whether, you know, whether that's happiness or whether that's meaning is a different, is a different challenge, but uh, yeah, I've got a balance where I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, purposeful. Yeah, love that. love that.
1: And I I, I think, um, you know, just to dig in as well, before you go on to that next one, Jason, uh, there's a key point you mentioned there about the the masculinity, you know, of a man. Um, and that's something, you know, we're not taught, are we, you know, what it is to be a man. And, uh, um, and I think we're sort of paying the sort of price a little bit for that, I think, because, you know, the way, um, you know, equality now, you know, women are, are, the, are the main breadwinners in, in families, you know, and work more than men. And, and men are having to try and work that out and, and come to terms with that in different ways. But then, we still hear like toxic phrases like "man up," don't we? And um, you know the work that Andy's Man Club's doing, for example, is you know we're we'll putting back, you know, putting together the pieces back of that sort of a whole generation of um, people using toxic phrases. What what do you think? You know, because you're you're an expert, you know, at branding and marketing. For years, I've I've said the 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 brand of mental health is sort of broken, and the and the way we sort of engaging. Um, what's your sort of take or thoughts on that?
4: I think it's a, I think it's a lengthy discussion, isn't it? You know, I think, uh, I think there's been probably a change in, you know, what, well there's definitely been a change in what masculinity means. Uh, And I guess there's been a change in how, in what, you know, being, you know, in being a man means, and there's definitely been an, an embracing of, you know, you know, the sharing of emotion and the sharing of, you know, not feeling great all the time, and it'd be okay to not feel great. And I think, but I think there's probably there's probably a sweet spot. Again, you know, you know, like the the career and the meaning thing. There's probably a sweet spot where you know those who I think those who probably talk a lot about you know toxic masculinity are, are probably taking are probably taking that you know too far and attributing attributing that to everything that is you know typically male energy which which is not right you know there's you know there's lots of there's lots of good things about being a man and there's lots of good things about you know uh, i guess a masculine energy which is you know which is typically associated with a man but then i think there's lots of bad you know there's you know that i mean i come from a generation and 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 and, and my dad before me and, and and probably my grandfather you know before them and, and especially from yorkshire you know it's a very with a very historical, uh, a very historical community, right? So, you know, you know, we've been taught historically to, you know, to kind of man up and and get on with it, and and there are good things about that. I mean, there are good things about that, but there were lots of bad things about it. So, I think I think it's that sweet spot, and I, I don't think we're there yet. And I think it'll take a lot of time and experimentation. And some people will take it too far, and then we'll probably bring it back to a you know to a place that's probably more balanced you know, where we can have a balanced conversation
3: we've talked We've talked about this quite a lot really haven't we amongst ourselves and stuff and to other guests and it's it's got to start really I think with our young ones and how we are with them um, as well there's got to be a lot of change that happens there and, and getting our especially young boys getting them to talk and to open up and um, I guess to, to, to lose some of that masculinity um, I still find it really difficult um, as, as a woman to kind of really understand that masculinity in men and, and I think it's just over these last two years really that I've tried I, I've understood it more and that's from working with Paul and Leon and a lot lots of the other men and um, but I, I still I still find it really really difficult and I'm learning about it all the day but my my youngest son is um, and again, I've talked about this before, he still has he has a lot of that masculinity in him and that, that not toxic masculinity, I wouldn't call it that, but it very much like, comes from that real strong place and don't, don't show your feelings, um, whereas I've not parented him like that at all, so I find it a real struggle, and I, and, and I suppose the thing, I, I just stress about how we're going to change things moving forward. Mm. Um what, what would you think about that? Have you got any ideas around that and anything that we, you think would be really helpful with our youngsters?
4: Well, I, mean, I mean, I've got a six year old son and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, if any, I, and I've got a three year old daughter and I think if anyone, you know, disputes the biological differences between the sexes, then you just got to come and sit at our house because they're two completely different. And, and we've not parented them different. They're just, they've just evolved differently, you know, through biology. And my son is six years old. He's got a lot of rage you know, you know, you know, boys, you know, boys, boys have rage. Um, and it's, and it's exhibited in different, in different manners. You know, I keep him exercising. It comes to the, it comes to the gym with me most days. I've got my own, I've got my own gym and, uh, you know, and he'll need, and he'll need managing that like that. But, you know, I, I mean, I guess in terms of how we lead, well, I mean, we lead with our actions and our accountability. So that's how we, you know, that's how we show young men how to act. Um, and, it's probably easier for fathers to do that because of that association. And it's probably a challenge. It's it's probably a challenge, you know, for mothers and it's probably probably a bigger challenge for single mothers. Uh, Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, I guess as time goes on and society changes, then we'll have more, then we'll have more better role models, won't we? And, and that kind of narrative will change around what, you know, what it is to be, you know, what it is to be a man and to not lose all the really good things of what, you know, of what masculine energy brings, but to not go, you know, to not go down the bad route, which, which really is weakness, you know, you know, anything that's bad about masculinity is brought by weakness. It's not, it's not strength. It's, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's weakness. Uh, so that's, that's a, that's a real challenge, I guess, but it's, you know, I see, I see the, the discussion getting more open, but I guess the challenge is getting more difficult as, you know, as, as our society Embraces things like social media more, which is, which is, which is hard.
1: Yeah, that is it. That is definitely a thing. Do you want to add to it, there, Paul? I was, I was, I just
2: wanted to go back to, um, what was talking about earlier, where about the pressures of our personal life and business and drive, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's 164 hours in a week, and I think we can do both. But we've just got to make sure that when we do have time with our loved ones, we're with our loved ones. Yeah. And I think I've never been as busy as I am now, but I've—I believe I also have better quality time with my loved ones because I make time for it, and I set the week up accordingly. And I think, yeah, we can do both, and um, we can drive and we can strive and, and thrive.
1: But but I think an interesting one where you're yeah. leading with that. Um, I, th- I think I, th- I saw. Jason, you do a post on this. Paul's recently, you know, set up his own his own business. He's on that entrepreneurial journey, um, right. and the, the the challenge is, you know, I was trying to give him some guidance last year. I just got, I said, you got to say yes to everything, and you've just got to just do everything. And the challenge is, I think, um, when we see this narrative on social media about it not being hard, and um, what would you say on that? Because you sort of touched on that a little bit didn't you, at the start. Because um, I do believe. Getting a business going is really hard, you know, um, and it takes effort and it takes time, and that's why then we've got to really try and find that meaningful balance and that happiness because you know there is like a, a, a toxic narrative on social media where we only post um, nice things. So it's like like you, we all background. Mm. Um, you know, was it hard getting to where you got to?
4: Uh, it's excruciating. I mean, you know, you know that first couple of years is just excruciatingly difficult, and to expect anything else is just you know, it's disingenuous, you know, and again, you see, you know, and again, this is, this is, this is a narrative, isn't it? Driven, driven by social media. You know, you can, you can, you can have your own business, you can become a millionaire, but you, but you don't have to work hard. I don't know anyone who's been successful who's not absolutely, you know, you know, drove himself to a brink of, you know, if not insanity, then, you know, at least a brink of, you know, a great amount of stress to trying to achieve, but that's, you know that's that balance, isn't it? Of you know pushing yourself, pushing yourself as far as you can, and you know sort of finding where that's finding where that sweet spot is, and then and then you know managing it when you get there. Uh, but no, it's it's you know, and and I don't, don't think you're ever going to really achieve achieve what you want really, especially if you're going to be, if you're going to start your own thing, achieve what you want without, without, you know, you know, being told that it's it's excruciating and difficult in those first
2: few years. Oh, we know that. (laughs) I I found that out. I found that out. I I was well under the iceberg, the success iceberg. Yeah.
4: I think you need to embrace that. You know, I think, you know, I think it's about embracing it, isn't it? Because, you know, there are lots of challenges and, um, you know, in I guess in my position now, looking you know looking back at my time at PhD, you, you know you look back with rose tinted specs at, at times, and you know you, you do realize that you know some of the best times were were right at the start when it was when it was really really hard, and you and you you know and you you know you're you busting a gut really to get get things up and running, but uh, it is really hard. But I won't I won't change them because you know the lessons I learned from you know from that excruciatingly hard probably first two or three years. I've kind of set me up to do, you know, to do what I want in business, really, and uh, and nothing can really ever be that hard. So, therefore, if I've done that, you know,
1: I love that thinking, Jason. <laughs> I
2: also I also think how hard it is, how much you grow with it, and the journey we've had, well, I have had over the last five years, has been the hardest I've ever been through mm. in my life. But when I look back and you connect the dots, it's probably been the most enjoyable. Or do you just forget the really bad parts?
3: You forget.
1: Yeah,
2: I think you forget. <laughs>
4: yeah, I think you forget. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, but, forget. you know, you, you, you know, it's, like I say, it sets you up. You know, it sets you up for you know adversity. You know, you know, it builds it builds that term resilience that a lot of people talk about and probably misunderstand a little bit. But I, I think I think it's really important. You know, it's you know, it's part of us as humans, isn't it, to strive and and to try try for betterment. That's that's part of us as humans.
1: It's our DNA, isn't it? Our DNA. Was, yeah. was there another book? There's another book we missed off, wasn't there?
4: Yeah, another another book's quite different. Uh, the book book by Matt Taibbi called Hate Inc. and that's really about that's just really about the media. it's um, an ex Rolling Rolling Stones uh, journalist, but it's about it's about the US media really and how they you know manipulate viewers and manipulate um, you know the public into believing. Well, into being really divided, into being fearful, into being anxious, and you know, into go to bed really, you know, believing the world's a terrible, terrible, horrible place, and everyone, everyone hates each each other, and people are out to to get each other at each turn, and how that really has turned the news and the media into an entertainment show, really, as opposed to a factual, you know, a factual program. Uh, and that was that was really interesting, interesting to me because I read it right at the start of of, of COVID. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of the narratives followed, you know, followed that in the mainstream, in the mainstream news. It's very, uh, you know, it's very, it's very bleak and very divisive and very, you know, kind of political agendas out there when the world's not really like that. If you go outside and see people, you know, people aren't like that. People, you know, people aren't, aren't, aren't horrible. People aren't, you know, you, you know, you know, nasty out there where, you know, we're, there's a lot of really nice people out there who are looking to embrace each other and just, and just get along. They've got much more in common than they have, you know, not in common. And, uh, and I think that's, that's really important, but you don't always, well, you're certainly not led to believe that with your news and social media.
2: No, no exactly. Right. Uh, and I'm going to wait with the next question. You're going, I'm going, Go on. I'm going, right. Jason, what purchase of £50 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months?
4: Yes, I bought this a little bit longer than six months ago, but uh, I bought bought a book by Ryan Holiday called The Daily Stoic. And uh, The Daily Stoic is just kind of teachings, you know, from all the old, you know, the ancient Stoics, you know, Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus and all these guys. And... Ryan holiday just kind of you know brings him into modern modern living really but i'm a i'm a big fan of the stoics and stoical belief and i kind of follow that you know philosophy throughout my life so the daily stoic's got a little piece of wisdom for each day that you can read and uh i think that's 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 made quite a that's made quite a big difference to my life
1: i think on on that though jason um because i've been tracking some of them books as well and um what blows my mind is um, how it's so relevant um, it's, it's as if every um, personal development books have been built on the on stoicism um, mm. it all seems very relevant um, today um, it, it just you know have you got any comments on that because for me it's just s- such simple wisdom um, and it's like time bound isn't it
4: yeah yeah you know I think uh, I think it's that you, you know kind of thing you know if you want to if you want to learn something new go and read an old book and I think you know I think that that you know the humanity and good advice and common sense has has been around for you know for hundreds of years thousands of years hundreds of years uh, you know so it's never left you know so you know so people you know people have always been you know sensible and had a tremendous amount of wisdom which uh, has probably moved away from the celebration of that a little bit
1: I think, though, um, us, us humans, are, we like to overcomplicate things, don't we? And um, look for new ideas. And for me, stoicism, it just brings you back down to, to life and, and keeps you grounded. Um, I think it's um, amazing, amazing sort of tribute. That's my next
2: book to read. I've got it on my list. You've got it on your
1: list? I've got it. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I've,
2: got bought, it I've bought it. I'm reading David Coggins at the minute, but that's my next one. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a good book too. Yeah. Um, Joe, because Paul just jumped ahead. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll roll back one, Joe, just to get his back in the I, loop. I was a bit
3: confused. He, he, he I, get, I've been told that I have to just keep checking in with the team. He, he, team he, right he
1: does what he wants, so, Joe.
3: <laughs> and then I'm like, what's going on here? He, he does what
1: he wants to me. You know what I
2: mean? I thought he'd had enough to say, so I jumped in.
1: Yeah, good. You can, you can go for that one as <laughs> go well? On, go
2: for go two. Go for two as well. Go I'm freestyle in there, isn't <laughs> it? Right. Well, Jason, what is your feel good song or music that gets you focused and makes you happy? So I think
4: it regards, makes me happy and probably makes me, brings me back down to a place of kind of common sense. It's probably the Beatles, let it be. tune Because I think, I think if more people let things be, then we'd be, would be a lot happier.
3: Excellent. But what,
1: what about the, when you're training, there must be a track. <laughs> what, you know? Do
4: you know what? I started to, I stopped listening to music training probably about two years ago and i just i just listen to podcasts now right. it's really interesting yeah i used to yeah it used to be when i was you know in my 20s rage against know, the machine <laughs> yeah yeah i like a bit of rage against the machine i you know, used to listen to a lot of metallica used to listen to a lot of a lot of you know dance music and then you know really really kind of hip-hop i'm a big hip-hop fan but uh yeah you know in terms of you know one song that probably makes sense I think, yeah, I think Let It Be by the Beals, I think is a real lesson we could all probably learn a bit a bit more. I like I, I'm one.
3: just a little bit intrigued that you listen to podcasts when you're training because I find it really difficult. I do have to have music on, um, especially if it's a bit of a hard session and I'm really not feeling the love that day. I have to have something on quite <laughs> loud to sort of get me I going. I must admit, so.
2: I have music on when I'm training because podcasts, I can't concentrate because I can't breathe anyway. <laughs> 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 that's okay, i'm time struggling time to breathe so i can't listen to what they're saying <laughs> and, and uh,
1: Jay, i'll get up to speed jason, cause we're all having like um so paul's on a journey you've you've done uh, how, many, how many stone have you lost so far in the last about four or five stone in two years and, and oh, so well done. still on a journey out yeah, yeah and yeah. So i'm joining him and joe's always working out so we're just having um we've just started again haven't we yeah. Yeah. but we, we're trying not to all these fads jason you know all these fads and um mm, yeah it's all right since you've left phd we don't want these magic pills you see so we're trying to do things sustainable um and just so what i'm working on at the minute is I've, I've cut out caffeine so okay. I, um just because i didn't realize um how much of the stuff i actually had um i'm mm. um, even down to when i trained you know pre-workout it was bloody mm. every everywhere um so I, i'm trying to just have 90 days off, off caffeine but i've got i've got to um, be honest I flag two o'clock. I'm flagging. I'm used to a, a couple of expressos. Yeah. What would you say on that in terms of the science behind that? You know, and what you what have you experienced?
4: Yeah, so I use caffeine in the morning. Uh, it, I mean, actually, our, our, our new brand is going to bring out, a, you know, a specific morning product that's contains caffeine, but it also, you know, other things in there as well. Um, so I tend to use I tend to use use caffeine use caffeine in the morning. And I try not to have any more as I go throughout the day. I, I tend to use, I tend to use like a mix of nootropics and adaptogens. You know, so nootropics and adaptogens are things that can, you know, be shown to increase, you know, your, uh, you know, your focus, concentration, awareness, clarity, you know, brain function, but without that kind of stimulation and, uh, you know, kind of jittery feel that you get when you have your second or third um uh, source of caffeine, you know, because a lot of of people will have, you know, caffeine in the morning and then one more before dinner and then they'll have one more in in an afternoon. And then what you find is, you know, you're disrupting your, you know, your body's natural circadian rhythm. So, you know, really you should be, you know, you should be, you should be able to be sustaining your energy, you know, throughout the afternoon and then into the evening. Whereas if you have caffeine in the afternoon, you get this big crash in the evening. So then you reach for, you know, what do you do when you get a crash? You know, you reach for a lot of food, Sugar. sugary food, and then yeah. that leads to another crash. So ultimately it's about, you know, sort of working with your body's rhythm. So in the morning you need to be up alert and and at it. So I have I have caffeine in the morning and then I rely on good nutrition, you know, and nootropics and adaptogens that help keep me, help keep me, you know, sort of mentally clear, but don't give me that stimulation and, and therefore don't give me the crash as well. So I'm able to be... You know, to be, you know, to be, uh, have enough energy and enough, you know, enough kind of concentration in an evening to spend it with, you know, with the kids or whatever, or, you know, my family. So, yeah, I mean, caffeine's really, really good, but in, in uh, specific times and in, you know, non kind of habitual doses, I guess.
3: Yeah. Is it true as well, sorry, no. um, Leon, about the, the caffeine, about the, the amount of time that it actually stays in in your system? So we talk about, you know, cutting out caffeine, and like you've said, in the afternoon and especially early evenings <laughs> where it might uh, impact on somebody's sleep hygiene. Mm. Um, but I've heard that it just takes hours and hours and hours to actually come out of your system. So even if you have it sort of like early afternoon, like even at maybe midnight, there's some caffeine still, there's traces still left in your system, so it still could be impacting on how how you're sleeping is that correct
4: you probably got half-life of about six six hours for caffeine so you know yeah and that depends on whether you're caffeine sensitive or insensitive I you know I'm quite sensitive so you know a little bit of caffeine makes a big difference for me I don't I don't drink tea or coffee so you know I'll get my caffeine through you know through supplements so I, I guess if you if you work on six hours you know so if you're looking to go to go to bed at 10 well you you want to be feeling sleepy if and you know nine nine thirty so anything after what's that three three you know three o'clock is going to impact your sleep um you know so that's you know and and again if you're sensitive well that might come back to you know twelve or one o'clock if you if you have your second hit a cafe and then that might might still be around there to you know certainly impact certainly impact your evening rest yeah thank
1: you no but that that that's not that like you just mentioned there, Jason, is I'd never realised the amount I was having. So I'd always had expressos, I'd always had pre-workout. And, you know, the last sort of 12 months, because I've been, you know, working with Paul, you know, losing quite a lot of weight myself. Again, I started realising that I'm having a double espresso before I workout, before I run. It had creeped into like seven, eight o'clock, you know, at night. And then I'm wondering why I'm not sleeping. And it was just, we're working with a new tissue, and that way. Gemma has been fantastic. And I expected she was going to say, we're going to cut out um, alcohol, we're going to do this real awkward diet. And she said, I want you to go do a little diary and have a little look at you know different things you're doing. And for me, it was coffee that came up. It was in everything I was drinking. I didn't I didn't realise Um there's a couple of sugar-free drinks I started drinking everywhere. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm just trying to weed myself off it and then um, try and get a bit more balance. Um, but it's been been mind-blowing. <laughs> it's <laughs> Man- is
3: difficult, isn't it? When yeah. that's what I, I, and I, I use coffee caffeine too much during the day, especially when I'm working um, mm. because you get that slump in the afternoon although I do have I, I have try and have decaf most of the time I try and have my coffee but I, I'll go back to it I go back to it every now and again well, I just I,
1: I'm a week in and I've um, slept the best I've ever slept in my entire life um, my numbers are up, um, yeah. I was out running early in uh, the morning and, and on the weekend uh, I, and I do feel better in the morning um, it's just I just need to, start to balance it out with a bit more Nutrition I'll, I'll be on to Jason later on, on, on that
0: um. Did you know how easy it could be To save a life Sometimes, Sometimes all you have all to you do, have is, do is, talk. is talk It's time to talk suicide Sign up to the Talk Suicide campaign today For free training and advice At talksuicide.co.uk Save a life today
3: Talk Suicide
0: mm. So we to the next one on. yeah, yeah
1: let's go Let's
3: yeah. go Okay, so do you have a lesson from a, a failure of yours? I can't imagine that you do. Actually, oh god, yeah, I
4: failed, I failed, I failed more times, a lot more times, than I've succeeded. So I think yeah, I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a failure, but I would have just I would have started on my on my business journey earlier. I think I'm quite risk averse, and I would have been less risk averse. I didn't start till I was 28. I was having ideas of what I wanted to do till I was, you know, 21, 22. So I'd have started earlier, and I would have backed myself to start earlier in, in, in business and do my own thing because I was never going to be, I was never going to be that type of person that would, you know, climb up a corporate ladder, you know, didn't go to the right school, didn't have the right education, didn't have the right accent. Um, You know, so I'm, you know, so I'm not going to, I was never going to get in that world. So I was always going to go into a a more entrepreneurial area and a, and a, and an entrepreneurial industry really. So, you know, sports nutrition, I kind of fell in love with at 18 really, but it took me 10 years to really, you know, get that kind of courage and, and, you know, kind of safety up to, you know, to really go for it. So yeah, it would be to start earlier, you know, back myself earlier and and go for it.
3: See, you, you say that and I'm actually I'm actually just taken aback that you're saying that you was you was actually so young when you when you started this journey. Um, I think that's a, a really young age and I, I you know, hats off to you that you started off so mm, young. I'm actually in awe of you. I'm fifty two and still don't know where I want to go. Um, yeah. you know, so for you to be sat there and you know, you sound like a really driven person and that you really know what you want and, and did you say twenty two when you kind of first started? Yeah.
4: Yeah, well, I kinda I kinda fell in love with probably sports nutrition and you know training around eighteen, nineteen and then, you know, really kinda educate myself on sports nutrition and supplementation around around the next, you know, two or three years. So I knew what I wanted to do. Really lucky. I was involved right at the start of something that was just just starting, you know, that kind of timing. Yeah, I mean I mean timing's everything, isn't it, in, in 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 life, but especially in business, you know, timing I was right right at the start of the understanding around nutrition and understanding around you know training i mean i was i was going out with a protein bar in my pocket when i was 21 so and i was and i was a freak back then whereas nowadays it, it would be quite normal to you know to walk with a protein bar it's it's quite they're, cool they're, now they're, they're
1: everywhere aren't they, they these are. protein yeah, everything.
4: i was a i was a freak if i'd you know if i had if I'd a protein bar in my pocket and uh and people see me take it out on the on the on the train or bus i'd have been uh yeah, I'd have been, I'd have been, you know, the recipient of some stairs. I think.
2: Is it the same with a lot of people in life where they want to jump and start their own business or they want to go and get another job, another career, and they wait for the perfect opportunity when the circumstances are going to be perfect, but it never is. And was you one of them people, Jason? Where you was? I know you. Correct me if I'm wrong. You you worked in a health shop uh, in mm. Leeds when you was younger, and yeah. and that. Is that where you got the passion, or did you have that before? So you went and worked in the health shop.
4: Yeah, I had that before. Yeah, so I was looking for a, you're looking for a job that kind of got me started just in that industry. You know, so I just, I took that role. I was there for a year, and then you know, started applying, started applying for different brands to go and work in whatever role I could do, just to, just to kind of cut my teeth, really. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, even then, it took me a while to, I guess, get that level of safety where I felt. That I was that I was ready for it. And, and ironically, it you know, it, it probably turned out for the better, but um, in terms of timing, but I still think I could have backed myself earlier and I would have backed myself earlier if I could go back and you know sort of speak to speak to my younger self.
3: Do you think this is is there something there? So you, you keep saying about that backing yourself earlier? Do you what do you think would have been different?
4: Uh well, I'd just been younger. So, you know, I'd have just I'd have just started earlier. So I guess I'd have had five or six years more experience and learning and probably made more mistakes. You know, it's so probably been, you know, shrewder and, and smarter and have that kind of, uh, I guess, resilience, you know, and self-belief earlier, because I think that took me a long time to get, it took me a long time to get that self-belief, um, you know, whereas... I, you know, I thought, you know, I should have had it earlier, really, because I, I I've always been capable, but, but didn't have that self belief probably, and a lot of that comes from back, you know, you know, from background, you know, I guess. Uh,
3: do you think it comes from maturity as, as as well though, Jason? As you know, as you're talking, do you think sort of, sort of, as you as you became more mature, that actually some of that came came along with that rather than kind of starting early and kind of getting it just from your experiences and things.
4: Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, there's, I mean, you definitely do change. You know, you you, you definitely go through that kind of emotional change, Mm. probably, probably around 30 and then probably again around 40. So I think, you know, on reflection, it was probably a good age to do it, but I still think I had it in me to do it earlier and therefore be ahead of the game, you know, and, and looking back where I am now, 40 as opposed to 45 but you know that's that, that's just um that's just one of those you know one of those things really yeah I mean you, you know you're I guess I guess the, the main lesson is you never you never really know anything you know so you never stop learning because there's always infinite infinite things to learn you know, you know right so um I think I think the big shame is a lot of people kind of they kind of retire from learning when they leave school yeah you know you, you leave school at 16 and you retire you think right oh, that's it or retire from learning and I yeah. i don't think I started learning really till I was probably in my thirties yeah. um I didn't start I didn't start read you know reading properly I didn't start you know sort of self self-development you know really until probably in my thirties um there's lots of
3: nods was, around the table I've got so a far. question I want, to, I want to
1: just dig a little bit deeper there just in terms of you know because a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this, this show as well but, um about that sort of imposter syndrome or that um, not feeling we're good enough. Um, you know, I, I often speak to a lot of sort of entrepreneurs and, and I struggle to this day and I'm, I'm admitting fault to this year. Um, and when you're doing something that's different to to the, the masses, um, a lot of people say your ideas are mad. Um, and certainly what you guys was doing was completely different. If you look at the, the whole brand, I, I remember... Um, I forget the name of the big American brand, um, the red ones, USND, I think it was, or, and it used to have like these big bodybuilders that was just huge.
4: And, yeah, they're all like that. Yeah,
1: um, and they all come out, and I remember, um, we're good friends with Paul Spencer, Paul for Brain in Hull, um, yeah, yeah. He, he featured, he used your products, um, yeah, yeah. And, and again, you started getting, um, you know, showing what could be done um, for the everyday guy, and and the normal guy, and, and took it away from that, that mass, you know, um, bodybuilder, that, you know, mm. You know, it can't even fit in a car. Never mind, you know, um, on the side of a, of a of a tub. So, how do you cope with that, or what advice could you give to somebody in terms of getting that mindset? Because when you are doing something different, um, you know, starting a business or having an idea, normally it's because it's got a unique value proposition. So, the masses won't really agree with you, will they? No, I
4: think uh, I, th- I think there's probably a couple. There's probably a couple of answers to that, or, or a couple of avenues. Uh, you know, I guess depending on uh, upon your background, if you've if you've been shown, you know, kind of an entrepreneurial background or a business background, then you're more likely to you know back yourself and start and see what's achievable. Um, I guess my my background was you know was quite different. I mean, my dad my dad's just grafted really hard all his life. worked in a worked in a warehouse. was a warehouse labourer, and you know my mum mum was really smart. But like a lot of mums, you know, you know, back then she kind of stayed at home and looked after, looked after kids when my dad went out and kind of earned the, earned the bread really. So I, I was never really, sh- I was never really shown, yeah, I, I was definitely shown a lot of, you know, a lot of love and support, but not really shown any career drive or ambition, you know, I mean, success for, for me would have been, you know, would have been a mortgage, a couple of kids and a, and a semi. And I think, uh. You know, so I think once you move out of that mindset and you and you and you tell yourself you want more and you start to surround yourself with with people who also want more or, or who have more, then you you know, you run that risk of you, you know, you run that risk of moving away from a comfortable a comfortable group of friends or a comfortable environment and that can breed a lot of resentment, you know. I mean you know, even though I've moved around a lot, which is probably, you know, the main kind of reason, I mean, I don't have really any, any friends from, you know, even, you know, sort of 15 years ago, or certainly not before I started PhD, because, you know, you, you know, you you set yourself aspirations. And I think as a, I think, I think as a culture, you know, there's, you know, there's a, there's kind of a crabs in a bucket mentality of, you know, British people, where if you're, if you fall down on hard times and people are really quick to pull you up, but if you, if you strive and you rise up, then I think people are quick to pull you down. And, you know, you know, I found a lot of that, you know, in my kind of life. And, uh, so you just, you just need to shut that out because, you know, you realize that, you know, you're on, you're on your journey and you're kind of striving to do something that, you know, that creates kind of, you know, I guess, I guess, for me it was creating that first generation of change you know, you know, going back all our families' generations will have done the same thing. Whereas for me, it's right, I have started a first generation of change. So I can teach my kids now what it's like to be entrepreneurial and think a bit bigger uh, and, and just think a bit different.
3: I
1: love that. I absolutely love that.
3: I just want to go back to uh, another question. Sorry, Jess, and it was something that you kind of mentioned, and, and I don't think you meant it in that way, but you said about the guys using the products. I just wondered what the market's like right now in terms of the products that you sell, um, and how many females are now kind of buying into using these products nowadays? Because it was more male, you know, male-oriented, yeah. wasn't it back yeah. in the day? Yeah, where's yeah, that I mean, at I'm now?
4: I mean, I mean, it's huge, you know, I mean, the, you know, the female market's probably been responsible for driving that kind of normalization of sports nutrition, certainly protein bars, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of women buy protein bars, are convenient, they taste nice. And there's probably a couple of generational things that have happened in that. Uh, I mean, we released, PhD released Diet Way in 2010, you know, Diet Way was a, a real, really nice tasting, you know, product that appealed to, you know, 50 50 male, you know, male and female, but but it, but it tasted great. And once you start making products taste really nice and convenient, then it appeals to a more, a more normalized consumer. And then you've got things like CrossFit, which, you know, brought in, brought in uh, the fact that it was okay for women to lift weights. I mean, all they're doing, all CrossFit is, is the same as what they could go into a gym, stand in front of a mirror and lift a weight up and down, but they never do that. But in a class based environment, where you can compete with and against your friends to a time scale that then made lifting weights fun and it made it acceptable and it made it, you know, kind of an environment and a community thing. So CrossFit broke down massive barriers in terms of women lifting weights and training, you know, properly. I say before then it was probably, you know, you'd go to a gym and you see the guys in the weights and you see the women on the, on the treadmills. and, And that's just changed now. I mean, I mean, gyms are closed now, right? But if you go to, Most gyms, I mean, most women train harder than men. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just a thing. It's just a thing, you know. You know, women are, you know, when they're going in, going to a gym to train, they're there to train. They're not there to take as many selfies. They're not there to pose in the mirror. They're there to get. You see, you, (laughs) Paul. You see, you. To get shit done, you know. And uh, and that's and that's that's the mentality, and that's 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 kind of the generational shift,
2: I think.
3: I must admit, when when I go, I just like people are talking. I think don't talk. I just want to crack on and get back Mm, home again.
2: Joe, Joe, you've seen me at the gym. I don't mess about, do I? No, you don't,
3: Paul. I don't mess about. No messing. I go in, I get it done. You do get it
2: done. Five minutes and I'm out. Uh,
1: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Straight in there, yeah. (laughs) No, love that one. Love that one. Um, So, so on that, you know, on that, you know. looking back, you know, there's a couple of points you mentioned in terms of looking back and things are a little bit different, but is a sort of um, favourite quote or saying that, you know, if you could share it with the world, what is it and why? Probably got
4: a couple really. And one of them, and one of them probably came after, I, you know, I started reading, I started reading published a, a lot of Jordan Peterson and then some stoicism. And then I started, and via Jordan Peterson, I'm going to read in reading some uh, Frederick Nietzsche, which is he's kind of an old German philosopher and he's got a quote that seems quite dark and it seems quite pessimistic, but it's actually to me was quite, was quite kind of revolutionary really. And it's uh, to live is to suffer, to survive is to find meaning in the suffering. And I think a lot, and and a lot of people thought that's really depressed, depressive and down and pessimistic, but I think, I I just don't think it is. I think a lot of people, a lot of people expect and put expectations on themselves to be massively happy a lot of the time. And I think that leads to a lot of problems because when you're not, because, you know, life is not easy. It's not always happy. You've got fleeting moments of real joy and real happiness. And, you know, when your children are born, there's lots of happy times in life, but a lot of it is really crap. And if you're not expecting that, and if you don't accept that, you know it, it is it is really hard, and you are going to have more more moments of feeling down, and more moments of feeling bad, and people are going to die around you, and you and you know and you know and and you're going to lose family members, you're going to lose friends, and you know you're going to lose you lose jobs, and 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 all these things are going to be really 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 hard, and I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves. To, to force happiness. Uh, and I don't think you should seek, I don't think you should seek happiness. I think, you, you know, like he's, you know, like Nietzsche said, you find, finds that purpose, find some meaning and then you'll have little bursts of happiness, which is life, uh, you know, and then you're, and then you're not, and then you're not getting down on yourself when you're not happy all the time. I can remember when I, you know, when, when Mark and I saw PhD, you know, and it changed our lives, you know, you know, we made, you know, made a lot of money, it changed our lives. And I can remember people asking me, oh, what are you going to do now? Are you going to, are you going to go out and buy a yacht? Or are you going to, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not really any happier than I was before. Um, it's just, you know, uh, and I guess that's, that's kind of the historical lifestyle is that I, I don't get too up, don't get too down. I'm never, I'm never in, I'm never in a dark place. Luckily, you know, you know, my worst, my worst days are a are a shade of grey, as opposed to really, really dark. I just don't don't get up, don't get down, don't get, you know, uh, extraordinarily happy and jumping around. We've all seen those people who are the happiest people in the room. You know, you know, they tend to have the darkest places when they go. You know, when they go home, and, you know, their their times, their dark times, tend to be really dark. So I just think there's a real, you know, understanding of what of what life is and that, I think that was really kind of, you know, revelatory for me almost in that I was like, yeah, do you know what? It's, it's, it's fine to accept that there's, 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 there's moments of, you know, of real joy and then moments of quiet, you know, balanced balance. And then there's going to be some, there's going
2: to be some bad times. I I read, I I read an article and I think, I think it was you, Jason, that stated that when you sold your company for a lot of money, you just went, is that it? And mm. felt that, and I struggle with that, obviously. But um, I I can understand it where you you strive to do something, then when you've achieved it, it's well, is that it? Where do you go from there? So you have got to go again because mm. money's not everything, is it? Doesn't make you happy. It, no. it can help, but it it's it's not in control of how you feel. It ticks a box. It ticks a box for safety for me. You know, yeah. I'm I'm a big
4: I'm a big kind of you know, I need, I need, I guess, I guess I need that kind of safety, you know, so financial safety was big for me. And then, you know, you know, family structure and that kind of, that kind of peace, peace at home, you know, long-term relationship and, you know, and children that brings me a lot of, a lot of, you know, kind of uh, clarity, I guess, you know, and a lot of, a lot of peace, I think. So, but I think, I think when you're relentlessly searching to be happy all the time, I think you're going to be disappointed because I just don't think life's like that. And I think accepting that whilst still retaining a really positive driven attitude, I think is something, you know, probably more of us could do. Right.
2: Here we go. Oh, did you want to? No, no, that? no, no. Right.
1: I like that. It's, it leads nicely to this next it, question. It, it Paul.
2: does lead nicely. That's why I was, I'm in there and I've done, as we told them. I'm, I'm on cue. <laughs> In the last five years, what new habit or belief has had the most profound effect on your life, Jez? Uh, I guess. Bel- so,
4: I guess beliefs. Probably five years ago, I would a public class myself as an atheist, and I think you know I, I, I've read all the books. You know, I, I read I read uh, Dawkins' God Delusion and. And you know uh, Sam Harris, The End of Faith, and all and all these books around you know sort of religion and you know and, you know and kind of the mythology around that. And I used to think religion was uh, it had some meaning for people, but was just kind of you know folly really. And I think as I think as I've in the last five years, probably as I've seen, you know, kind of the chaos the chaos that's been brought on by certainly by social media and probably a lack of order and a lack of structure in people's life. I've probably gone back and, and realised now that, you know, religion, whilst, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the doctrine and the words might not be, they might not have happened or ever. I can imagine they, they were probably written with real good faith in mind to create structure and to create some moral guidelines for people. And I think it's all right saying you can have moral guidelines without structured religion, and I think some people can, but I think a lot of people can't. And I think what religion brings for a lot of people is that real structured order in a in a, in a world that's kind of full of chaos. And I think we're going to get more chaotic as you, you know you've only seen what's happened in the last you know a sort of year or two, and I think we're just going to get more and more chaos and you know, religion's probably, probably dying a little bit. And I think that's probably plays a part in, you know, a lot of people's, you know, kind of, kind of unstructured life and chaos. And when you have chaos, you don't, you don't have a meaning and purpose and that's when you run into, run into trouble. So I think, yeah, I think five years ago I'd have been a strict atheist. Now I still don't believe, but I think it's probably got a really strong purpose in the world.
1: But well, interesting. You say um, religion's dying. Is it, yeah, I was in this debate a while back actually. Is it not okay, though, that it's evolving? Because I've been down many a rabbit hole like you, um, and looked at all different religions. And what sort of st- struck me about a lot of them, um, is they were all based and founded on you know really good principles, like you mentioned, but also really good practices. So, you know, we're seeing this, um, about meditation. You know, I've meditated for years, yeah. um, it's the number one thing that just gets me grounded after you know a day, and like you mentioned, I don't have. Good days or bad days. It's meditation that brings me back to that, that that grounding. Um, but all religions are, uh, are associated with some sort of meditation. All religions are associated in um, doing good for other human beings. Um, is it not that we're gonna review and start accepting everybody? Because we're already starting to see it. You know, the new world order. We're starting to accept people no matter what race, religion, or or creed they are. Um, I know this is a bit. You know, we ain't got time to discuss this fully, but from a scientific point of view and sports, you know, you know, um, you know the, the power of meditation is, is phenomenal, is it? Is it not, Jason?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's huge. There's been a lot of, a lot of kind of understanding around it, you know, recently. I mean, I, I do bits and pieces. I try, and I've tried for years and I probably do a version of it. I try and do a lot of, I try and do a lot of, uh, I try and do a lot of uh, breathing exercises and I'll probably do that while I'm walking. I've got, I've got, Uh, three dogs and I walk them and that's when I do my, you know, my breathing and and thinking and clarity. And that's probably my meditation. I I find it hard to sit in a dark room and properly meditate, you know, even though I'm a bit, I'm a big, I'm a big Sam Harris fan, you know, and I, uh, and I've, and I've got his, I've got his waking up. uh, But I just find it quite, I I find it quite challenging and that's just probably my personality type. Uh, But I probably get that. I probably get that piece from, from walking and 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 breathing,
1: but but again, I was going to mention that. But in that part of the 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 joy of sitting and practicing meditation, because we don't want to do it, is that discipline again, is it not? Um,
4: yeah, could, it probably is. I'm probably not disciplined. I'm, a, I'm probably not disciplined enough in that. Yeah, and which is which is which is strange for me because you know I'm a, I'm a habitual person. I'm, I'm you know I, in my, in my habits are ingrained in me now, and I've been for a long time. So it is. You're probably right. You know, it's like. You know, it's like kind of cold water therapy. I don't like cold, but I get under a cold shower. I should really get in an ice bath. I should do it. I know it's benefits, Um, but it's just bloody freezing
3: but I think there's something in there like listening to birth of your conversation then I think there's something that you've found that you do that helps you anyway Jason so it doesn't matter mm. that it's not sat in a darkened room meditating but you actually do something when you go out with the dogs about that walking that peace that deep breathing and that works for you and I think I think that's probably like what I got from your conversation is we, we started off with religion and funnily enough I don't know where things are at now but certainly when we first went into um, the very first lockdown um, a Apparently, lots of different people were trying different religions because it was online, so they could almost do it in the comfort (laughs) of their own home. And actually, because they weren't walking into somewhere, they felt more confident in being able to do that, that they weren't going to be judged by others, so they could actually try different faiths as well. But I, I honestly don't know where things are happening, but I certainly heard a lot of that. So I think maybe there's a review of what that religion looks like and what that mindfulness looks like and that spirituality, and I think it's about what works for you, isn't it, and finding something... The, yeah. that works and, and puts that structure in for you,
4: I guess. No, I think it's a challenge on in institutions as well. I mean, you know, I guess for I guess for as long as, as long as we can remember, you know, people have been getting their they've been getting their solace in in you know you know places of worship and and pubs, right? And both, you know, you know, you've all everyone's seen that you know the you know, guys are going to a pub and
3: it's a lot of bars being built there, Jason. Over the last yeah, year. you know, a lot of
4: a lot of, <laughs> a lot of a lot of a lot of people get their get their self-help and their, you know, and their stresses out, you know, on the bar, right. And it's, you know, and it's a fine line, you don't want to drink too much, but you know, that, that helps a lot of people. And when you take away that, you, you've taken away that institution and it's probably the same as, you know, you know, when places of worship were, were closed down, people didn't have that, didn't have that solace, uh, you know, so that would have been, that would have been massively difficult for, you know, for people during lockdown.
1: Exactly that. Love that.
3: Is it is it ever to me over now? To you, okay, yeah. so name what you know now? What advice would you give to yourself at eighteen? And what advice should you have ignored?
4: Uh, to probably ignored, ignored, follow your dreams, because because they're just dreams. And uh, um, advice would have been find something you're really good at, and then do it do it relentlessly and uh, single-mindedly. For years and years and years until you get really good, and then come up for air, and then you'll probably be—you'll probably be a master at it. And
1: I, and I think there's a couple of points I want to dig on there a little bit, Jason, in terms of um, something you're good at and, some, and, and do something relentless, You know, and do it relentlessly. But what advice would you give someone out there to try and find what they're good at? I'll you just know, someone find what they're good at.
4: I think. I, I think. Yeah. I think I think you hope it happens organically, right? I mean, I you know, I mean, my dreams were to be a footballer, right? So I was you know, I was a associate schoolboy, Bradford City as 13, 14, 15. All I ever wanted to be was a footballer and play sport. That's all I wanted to do. And then um, you know, I got let go at fifteen. People were saying, "Oh, go you know, go for another club. It's your dream. Follow your dreams." I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm just not good enough." You know, you know, and I, I think I had that ability to self-analyze and be realistic an early age, and I think that's really important. You've got to be honest with yourself because, you know, a lot of these, a lot of people who say, oh, you just, just follow your dreams. You can do anything you want. Well, you, 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 the fact is you can't, you can't, you can't do anything you want to do. You know, that's, that's not a nice thing to hear for a lot of people, but you know, you can't, you, you can't do anything you dream about because, <laughs> because life sometimes isn't, isn't set up that way, but everyone's good at something and everyone's probably brilliant at something. And uh, and I think if you, I think if you approach life with a really good attitude and a curious mindset, I think you'll find what that is. And then once you find what it is, and then dedicate yourself, and that again is a challenge because a lot of people don't want to give things up to dedicate themselves to something. And the, and, and and the truth is, you've got to give up most things if you want to be really good at something.
2: No, that. Wait, so after, you've just got me thinking there. If, if if somebody turns around to you and you wear it all the time. You can be anything you want to be if you, if you dream about it and you you work hard at it. I'm not going to beat Usain Bolt, ever. No matter how much I think about it, I'm not going to do it. I'm just putting it out there.
3: I think this, <laughs> <laughs> <Just putting laughs> even with dreams, is in reality. <laughs> I don't think
2: anyone's going to beat Usain Bolt.
1: Well, not his peak. Not
2: his peak. <laughs> I just thought <laughs> I'd put it out there. No, but I, I think <laughs> I
1: think what Jesse is he's getting, point, he's, he's getting to, though, is... Um, I know. My mum used to always say this to me: um, "Find something you love, and you'll never have to work a day in yeah. your life again." That's what true. She always say that true. to me, and yeah. I think it's linking back to that. And if you love it, um, you know, there's a passion there, and, and it runs it forward. But I'm going to link onto this one, Jason, because again, you know, when you mentioned, you know, the the success you've experienced, and also, you know, um, when you sold the business, you know, being at the top of the game, and that that then that, when you talk about that relentless sort of drive you've had um that must have obviously you know made you feel you know bent out and focused and energized that times overwhelmed um so how, what advice would you give to someone or what is it you do to get you you know back focused and you've already mentioned about stoicism and being you know you know grounding yourself and getting back in that place but for our listeners you know um some sort of techniques or tips you could give them of how you do that
4: I mean, for me, it's always been about, about exercise. That's been my, you know, that's been my place of worship, you know, really for the last 25 years, you know, you know, that, that kind of habitual dedication to, you know, uh, physical, physical punishment, if you want that kind of early morning training. I've always tried to train early morning. It just starts my day really well, even when I've been burnt out and stressed and, you know, not wanting to do things, you know, training, training always makes, always makes things feel better. I always, if I have a good training session and I achieve things in that session, it always makes and always has made the rest of the day, the rest of the things I'm trying to do just feel easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, and after that, it's probably, it's probably gratitude. You know, I think, I think a lot of people are, I think a lot of people, probably don't seem to realize that, you know, that we live in a, we live in a really good, really good country, a really good place. You know, it's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's a free country. We can, we can do things that if we were born somewhere else, we just couldn't do, you know, so we've, we've, you know, we're all privileged to live in, you know, to, you know, to live in England, to live in Britain, whatever you want to call it, you know, we're all privileged because we've all really got opportunities to do things that if we're born somewhere else, we wouldn't do. So I think it's, reminding myself reminding myself of that you know a lot uh and then you know I've always had this big thing about about you know like about legacy and it, and, it, and it might be legacy and it might be status and you know status might be that little bit of a e- little bit of ego coming through that is probably you know again bas- you know back to that good and bad things and masculinity I, I think I've always tried to always try to leave my ego to one side in, in everything that I've done. And I, I, and I think I've probably done that successfully, but, you know, I do want to be, I do want to leave a legacy in, you know, it was PhD in sports nutrition, you know, and now it's kind of a legacy in a new category and kind of, you know, sort of create something that then goes on to become, you know, kind of form another category that starts another industry and, and, and what I've done is, you know, has kind of helped to start that. So if, if that's ego, then I'm fine with that. Or if that's, you know, status then I'm fine with that. Cause I think, I think all men seek status and and, and I think you can six, you can seek status for good or bad. Um, but I think that's, that's probably what, what keeps me going, you know, is to leave, is to leave a legacy, you know? So when I'm, you know, when I'm gone, then my, my children and, 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 and my grandchildren can kind of, look at me as I've done something and that's, and that's probably a little bit, that's probably a little bit, you know, grand really because everyone's done something right. But, 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 you but know, for but, me, it's probably why not Jason.
1: What, and it's a British thing and it work out. We have that. Um, cause yeah. you know, the, 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 what the Americans have got, right. they their champion success, um, uh, and I I don't believe us British have got that bit right. Um, I'm technically half Scottish, so that's why I can I can I can have this you know with, with English. <laughs> but um, I think we do need to be proud, and we do need to want to have a legacy. I don't, I don't see what's wrong with wanting to have a legacy. Um, just to call you out on that, because I think it's um, something to aspire to. It's something to drive to, um, and it's about um, as humans we're on this planet. I believe to. Make it a better place than when we started. So you know some of the aims I've seen what you're trying to do with Human 2024 is um, is exactly that. Um, so I just find it intriguing. Um, you know when you're talking about something so big, um, and so profound, what you're trying to do, um, we're well really rooting if its ego. So um, I just I just wanted to call you out on that. Um,
4: I just think that's that Britishness, though, isn't it? I think I think that that's that Britishness. You know I think we're all embarrassed of we're all embarrassed of success. I think. I think we're still embarrassed, and then maybe that's again that's the Yorkshire thing. But you know, you don't want to get too big for your boots, and you don't want to celebrate success. And, and I think that's—it's uh, probably a shame of an element. There's it, an element of that that's probably a shame, you know, and that's probably uh, and that's probably held me probably held me back a little bit from celebrating success. But I think on the on the whole, has been a good thing because I, I, you, you all see people who. Have a modicum of success and then go off the rails and end up end up in a in a bad place. So I think I think I probably got the balance right. Albeit, I think uh, I think there's always room to celebrate a bit more. I
2: love that. Love yeah. that. Go to the next one, Paul. I certainly am. Um, who in the world would you like to interview, past or present, and why? Uh, there's probably there's probably a, there's probably one past, really one past and one present.
4: So. Uh, Past is past. is probably probably George Orwell. Uh, he, he, so, Nineteen Eighty-Four is probably one of my favourite books. Incredible and, look. And ironically, we're probably we're probably living in it now without knowing it, with our cell phones. That it, it, my wife she's got a new cell phone. It's a it's the latest cell phone, and it. I think if she falls down and hurts herself. It. I think it alerts alerts the police. And I mean, if that's not surveillance, then if we're not living in a surveillance society now, then I'm not sure what we are living in. So. I think George Orwell and how you know, 80 years ago, you wrote a book that you know kind of predicted where we'd be now. would be Would be pretty amazing to to speak to him about that. And 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 you know, and where did you so get that?
1: Where did you get that idea from, though, Jason? Where in F? Because that that book, it's like it's just played out on it exactly.
4: Yeah, yeah, and it was written in the forties. I mean, it's, you know, it's 80 years ago, and it's and it's you know, I mean, we are. Living, it's not as, it's not as authoritarian as, as that book, although maybe it is, maybe we just become accustomed to being tracked and our data tracked and things knowing where we are. I mean, you're, you know, you your technology is never really off, is it? It's always on, even when it's off. And I think, and I think that's, you know, we probably are living in a modern day 1984 without knowing it and without probably minding and, and we've invited it into our lives. So we can't complain because we've embraced it and we've, and we've invited it. So as he said, we would do. Uh, it's been done under our, under our noses, really. This, this kind of psycho, you know psychology experiment we never consented to.
1: But I, don't know if uh, I don't know if you've seen anything on um, data capitalism. Um, I think, I forget the name of the lady who wrote it. Um, but, but she talks about that in terms of, and I think we're starting to see that with the likes of Apple and Google, and we're starting to see this sort of big fight going on. Um, and it is, we have this debate all the time, us three, don't we, in terms of, I'm a big fan in technology. I think you know, technology um, is amazing. It allows us to, Great things like what we're doing now, um but I just think we don't we don't use it. We don't think of it as a tool, um, and sometimes it can use us as a tool, can't it? And it's that big debate, and I, I think that's the sort of next level of um sort of humanity, really, of us understanding all this technology and trying to act. You know, what what is it we actually want from it all? Because it's mm. it is a bit scary when you look at um, nineteen eighty four, isn't it?
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, again, that's probably down to that. You know, that weak that weak men versus strong men debate, and if it's led forward by weak men, then we're in trouble. Yeah. yeah, led forward by responsible people, men or women, then we're probably in a better place. And, and I think we're at that cusp now of 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 not being certain which way to go. Uh, yeah, and then and then and then present persons probably. You mentioned you mentioned Goggins. I think I think David Goggins is an animal. He's is just a one in one in a billion person. His mindset and attitude and mentality is. I, I mean, I could never, I could never live live like him, and I never want to live like him but I just think he just, he just does not care what people think about how he, how he lives his life and what he does. He's going to do what he wants to do and, he, <laughs> and, and come what may, he's going, to, he's going to live his life the way he wants and I think that's a, that's a really admirable trait.
1: George, you, because you, there's so many people obsessed with um, David Coggins. Have you heard about him? Nope. So come on, Paul, give us, give us, a, give us a take because you're a big fan of him at the minute as well, aren't you?
2: Yeah, David Coggins was an ex-Navy SEAL. And he had a real rough life before he went into the um, Navy SEAL, but he got rejected a couple of times for injury. And he's done some triathlons, Ironman, absolutely stupid miles he's run. He's even run with broken legs and strapped yeah. his leg. He's just done everything. And when he planned his life, what he used to do before breakfast, uh, during at lunchtime, He'd do about 50 miles a day before he went home and then he'd go back out to the gym and do another three-hour session. It was just unreal. And he's saying, you can do this if you plan it. No, I can't. <laughs> no, no, I can't. And he, but he was absolutely relentless. And it, his drive and determination, I think Jason just said, is one, one in a million because you, you don't get many David Coggins. And it, it, it's inspirational, his book.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was your big take um, from, from it? Because for me, he just had a, 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 an insatiable desire um, to power through the most difficult times and and he and just mm. built resilience. And, and I, for me, that's what was just so profound. What about yourself?
4: I think that's probably it. And it's, and it's probably it's probably a full cycle back to the start, you know, to, to Jordan Peterson. It's probably accountability. You know, it's your life and and everyone starts at different places. Some start a long way back. You know, from upbringing, from you know, geographical privilege or or, or lack of geographical privilege. You know, uh, and, and and we all start at different places, but there were, but there were two ways to go. You can become accountable for your own life and become responsible for whatever you do, and and have a have a Goggins like attitude, and you're just going to pull yourself up no matter what, or you can look for someone else to be accountable and you can spend your life miserable and, you know, and nihilistic and you can be looking for looking for the blame out there with somebody else. You know, it's not my fault. It's their fault. Look for somebody, somebody else to, uh, you know, to, you know, to own that fault and you can spend your life, you know, being miserable and, uh, and not really doing anything because, you know, because you, you know, because you, because life's not fair and, uh, and, and and that's the reality for for a lot of for a lot of people. You know, they start in a not great place, but you've only you've only two choices. You either become accountable for yourself, and you know you drag yourself up uh, to whatever that might be. And that might be some people some people's level of amazing success might just be to get a job, just to get a full time job. Might be might be someone climbing Everest because they started so far back, but you've taken accountability and you've taken responsibility for your life. And you might, you know, and you might supersede someone who had all all the gifts to start with, but has never learned that resilience. So, you know, I think I think there's different levels of privilege. Sometimes hardship, hardship is privilege, really, because you know it gives you something that you can't you can't be taught. Really, as as even, even as hard as it is.
2: Great answer.
1: Great answer. Um, we've run over, and I knew we would because he's been an awesome guest. Um, I could speak to Jason for, for ages, but. Joe, do you want to ask him, like, sort of, we've got sort of two final questions, haven't we really?
3: We have, yeah. So, is there anything that we should have asked but didn't? And I think this is a time maybe to even talk about your new brand. Yep. Um, and then I'm going to ask you about the um, talk suicide. So, I'll let you answer first and then we'll go on to the next question.
4: Sure, yeah. You know, so, quickly, I mean, Human24 is, is how we see, as, we see it as changing the performance narrative, really, away from just you know traditional performance gym athletics elite sports into an everyday performance of you know accountability and clarity of mind and good habits and you know winning the morning starting the morning really well with you know with you know with a great mindset and great focus and then moving through the afternoon with you know you know being engaged in whatever you're doing and you know, and and allowing yourself to be creative and allowing yourself to, you know, to you know, you know you know, to work hard and to strive and be okay that you're doing that. And then also about how do you you know, how do you recover, but but not just physically, how do you recover, you know, mentally and physically in a in an evening after you've worked hard and you or you might train hard? How do you how do you you know how do you decrease stress? How do you reduce cortisol and inflammation how do you meditate you know how do you you know bring in practices that allow you to sleep better you know that allow you to increase increase your well-being you know rather than you know we have a generation of, of people who after work they come back and they and they go in the fridge and they reach for alcohol right or they reach for drugs and and that's just you know there's no answer there there's no there's, there's never been any answer there so how do, you, how do you, you know, positively repair body and mind so you're ready to go again the next day and, and repeat that in a habitual form that builds a positive lifestyle? And that's what Human24 is about. It's about building a, a lifestyle, not just, you know, there's a lot of trends around, you know, you know I, I, guess, I guess different hacks and biohacking, which, which, which is great, but some of them are non-sustainable and you can't always build them into a life. Um, you know, and build them into a lifestyle that you can maintain on a daily basis. And you can repeat, repeat, repeat until it becomes ingrained. That's, that's what human 24 is about.
1: Love that. And wh- where can we find out more about you Where can all listeners go to?
4: Yeah. So you've got a website, human24.com. We've got obviously Instagram, you know, social media. We've got our own, our own uh, podcast, uh, the live on form podcast, which we've just started. And again, we just speak to different people from different backgrounds, you know, business, Creatives, athletes, uh, you know, coaches, uh, ex-athletes. You know, we've had Anthony Gogo. We've had Diamond Diamond Dallas Page. We've had um, you know creatives like Dan Kelsall. We've had uh, Rosie Sexton, who was a female, the first fe- British female UFC fighter. You know, so we're just people who are really inspirational and and you know living a you know living a life living a life of kind of you know progress and continuous growth and around structure and you know a performance narrative that's not just about going in the gym for an hour and that's it it's about a life
1: love that Absolutely love that. And we've got one final ask, haven't we Jo?
3: We have, and this is a non-negotiable, you have to say yes to this one, Jason. So we I'll have some yes, <laughs> we have some training. It takes around twenty to thirty minutes. Um and it's the if you visit the ww.totsuicide.co dot um, it's around spotting the signs and um, being able to speak about suicide and signposting people on because, you know, we've, we've been through a bit of a rough ride. And now more than ever, we need to be able to um, have that confidence and the skill sets um, that if any of our friends, our loved ones um, are kind of at that point where they may be thinking about suicide, that we can spot that and support them.
4: Yeah, I, sh- I shall promise to do that.
1: Yeah, and and on that, Jason. Uh, also, I'll, I'll, we'll send you links on that. It's a, a free piece of training put together. Um, we're, we're asking everybody in our network to to take that piece of training, and it and it does save lives. Joe do to explain that to any listeners? Who, you know as well.
3: Yeah, i um, We've we've had quite a few people actually over these last few months that have come back from doing the training. Whether they've done the, uh, I, d- I go out there and do some training as well. I do like a face to face when we was allowed, and I've also been doing. Um, that virtual um, but I've had about four or five um, emails recently where people have found me and got back in touch to say that actually it really has um, saved a life that people have have, have bumped into somebody and and every one of the scenarios are where they've bumped into somebody out in the street um, you know at different locations and said that actually um, they've gone back to that person or they've stopped because they could see somebody in distress and they were at the point of taking mm. the lives. So um, it really does make a difference. And if you can, you know, kind of put that out to your networks to encourage um, other people to take the training, we'd be very grateful. Of
4: course. Thanks for that. Absolutely, yeah, my pleasure.
1: Also, um, I just want to thank you as all, well, Jason, because I reached out to you, um, and, and Joe, um, I'm sure he's delivered, um, he's been incredible, um, I'm a huge fan Jason, um, keep doing what you're doing, keep being honest, um, step into that power and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what um, Human24 does, um, so I'll be championing you from the sidelines. Paul, do you want to out? Yep, yeah, um,
2: just want to thank you again, Jason, for coming on, um, I've really enjoyed the podcast, um, I've got two pages of notes here that I've wrote down because you've inspired me so much today, and Good luck with Human24, and I think with what we all do within the mental health and suicide prevention, we hope you have fantastic success with Human24 because it's much needed.
1: Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. appreciate having me on. That's Leon checking out. Paul checking out.
3: Joe checking out. Latent plug. Think differently about your business
0: IT. Let's face it, it's impossible to grow a business without digital technology. Now more than ever, with everything going on in the world right now, businesses are struggling to manage, protect and work in the cloud. Transform your business IT with expert support from ThinkCloud. Learn how the most successful businesses in your sector consistently generate up to 20% higher revenues at 30% lower costs. You've come this far. You got this. Check out www.think-cloud.co.uk and book a call today.